Welcome to Kingdom Testimony. This is Lisa, and we are reading the book Intramuros by Rebecca Springer Sutter. No, I got that wrong. Rebecca Ruder Springer. In the book, she her name is Bertha Sprague. Um, I don't know why. Possibly she has a different name that she goes by as an author or pop. Possibly Rebecca and Bertha are names, nicknames, and Springer is a numeri. I don't know. I have no idea. So um, we are reading through her account of when she died and went to heaven, and then she came back. Um, so she obviously had a near-death experience. And this is what we're reading. This happened in the late 1800s because the book, the year of the book is like 1898. So we're on chapter 16. And as I mentioned before, we should be done by Labor Day weekend. There is an endearing tenderness in the love of a mother to a son that transcends all other affections of the heart. It is neither to be chilled by selfishness, nor daunted by danger, nor weakened by worthlessness, nor stifled by ingratitude. She will sacrifice every comfort to his convenience. She will surrender every pleasure to his enjoyment. She will glory in his fame and exult in his prosperity. And if adversity overtake him, he will be the dearer to her by misfortune. And if disgrace settle upon his name, she will still love and cherish him. And if all the world beside cast him off, she will be all the world to him. That was added before chapter 16, and it is by Washington Irving. The current of my life flowed on in, in the heavenly ways until the months began to lengthen into years, and my daily studies ascended higher in the scale of celestial mysteries. I never wearied of study, though much was taught and gained through the medium of observation in the journeys that I was permitted to take with my brother into different parts of the heavenly kingdom. I never lacked time for social pleasures and enjoyments, for there is no clashing of duties with inclination no unfulfilled desires, no vain strivings for the unattainable in that life, as in the life of earth. Many precious hours of intercourse were spent in my dear father's home, and sometimes on rare occasions, I was permitted to accompany him to his field of labor and assist him in instructing those lately come into the new life with little or no preparation for its duties and responsibilities. Side note, <clears throat> Um, of course, intercourse is the exchanging of conversation and sharing people's company. It's, it's not like we call it on earth. On one occasion, he said to me, I have the most difficult problem to deal with I have ever yet met in this work. It is how to enlighten and help a man who suddenly plunged from an apparently honorable life into the very depths of crime. I've never been able to get him to accompany me to the river, where these earthly cobwebs would be swept from his poor brain, his excuse being always that God's mercy is so great 
in allowing him inside heaven's gates at all, that he is content to remain always in its lowest scale of enjoyment in life. No argument or teaching thus far can make him alter his decision. He was led astray by infatuation for a strange woman and killed his aged mother in order to secure her jewels for this wretched creature. He was executed for the crime of which in the end he sincerely repented, but he left life with all the horror of the deed clinging to his soul. Has he seen his mother since coming here? Does she know of his arrival? No, she is entirely alone in this world, and it was not thought wise to tell her of his coming till his soul was in a better condition to receive her. He was an only child and does not lack the elements of refinement but he was completely under the control of this vile, though fascinating, woman. It is said she drugged his wine and incited him to do the dreadful deed while under its influence, because of her hatred for his mother, whose influence was against her. When he came from under the influence of the wine, he was horrified at what he had done, and his infatuation for the woman turned to loathing, but alas, too late. He would not see her during his entire incarceration. How long was he in prison? Almost a year. Has he seen the Christ? No, he begs not to see him. He is very repentant and grateful to be saved from the wrath he feels was his just punishment. But though he is conscious that his sin is forgiven, he does not yet feel that he can ever stand in the presence of the Holy One. And here, as upon earth, each must be willing to receive him. His presence is never given undesired. I have not yet appealed for higher help. My ambition is to lead these weak souls upward through the strength entrusted to me. Can you suggest anything that would possibly, probably reach him? His mother. May I bring her? He thought a moment reflectively, then said, A woman's intuition. Yes, bring her. I soon was on my way. I found the poor woman, laid the facts gently before her, and waited her decision. There was no hesitancy upon her part. In an instant, she said, My poor boy, certainly I will go with you at once. We found my father waiting for us and went immediately to the great home where these students, would we call them, stayed. It was a beautiful great building in the midst of a park with shaded walks and fountains and flowers everywhere. To one just freed from earth, it seemed a paradise indeed. But to those of us who had tasted heaven's rarer joys, something was wanting. We missed the lovely individual homes, the little children playing on the lawns, the music of the angel choir. It was tame indeed, beside the pleasures we had tasted. We found the young man seated beneath one of the flower-laden trees, intently perusing a book that my father had left with him. There was a peaceful look on his pale face, but it was rather the look of patient resignation than of ardent joy. His mother approached him alone, my father and I remaining in the background. After a little time, he glanced up and saw his mother standing near him. A startled look came up into his face, and he rose to his feet. She extended her arms toward him and cried out pathetically, John, my dear boy, come home to me. I need you. That was all.
With a low cry, he knelt at her feet, clasped her knees, sobbing, Mother, Mother. She stooped and put her tender arms about him and drew his head gently to her breast and showered kisses on his bowed head. Oh, the warm mother love, the same in earth and heaven. Only the Christ love can exceed it. Here was this outraged mother sent into eternity by the hands of him who should have shielded and sustained her, bending above her repentant son with the mother love that which her heart was overflowing, shining upon him from her gentle eyes. I saw my father turn his head to conceal his emotion, and I knew that my own eyes were wet. My father had explained to the mother that the first thing to be accomplished was to get her son to the river. So we now heard her say caressingly, Come, John, my boy, take the first step upward for your mother's sake, that in time I may have the joy of seeing you in our own home. Come, John, with mother. She gently drew him, and to our great joy, we saw him rise and go with her, and their steps led them to the river. They walked hand in hand, and as far as we could see them, she seemed to be soothing and comforting him. Thank God, said my father fervently, there will be no further trouble now. When they return, he will see with clearer vision. And so it proved. After this, by divine permission, I became much of the time a co-laborer with my father, and thus enjoyed his society and his instructions must much oftener than otherwise I could have done. That's the end of chapter 16. That's very heartwarming. I listened once to a speaker, and I've talked of him before, Neville Johnson. He went home to be with the Lord in late 2019. Um, very prophetic man, had many encounters with Jesus and with angels, and even talked of visits to heaven. And he said that repentant sinners who do not walk with the Lord enter into paradise. So paradise is the entrance point for believers. And it seems to go along with what they're describing here. Now, we know that the river that flows from under the, th the throne and the altar and the temple and comes out is healing waters. We know that. So when you get to paradise, and I'm speaking of those that possibly have like a deathbed repentance, and they enter into, re into paradise, once they arrive there, they still need to be cleansed. You know what I'm saying? So I'll leave that with you for, for more food for thought. And we'll leave it there uh, on chapter 16 of Intramuros. Thank you for joining me, and until the next episode, I pray you have a blessed day.